your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. amazing discovery at the famous Cliffs of Moher where an exceptionally large fossil of a sponge has been found in excellent condition. Here to tell me more about this extraordinary discovery is Dr. Raymond Doyle, geologist for the Burren and Cliffs of Moher Global Geopark. Good morning to you and a happy new year to Eamon. Good morning, Joe. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So what exactly is a sea sponge? Well, sponges are animals, essentially. Um, they're very abundant in the sea right now. So if you go out and you look, you'll, you'll find them. Um, and they also occur in freshwater. They're, they're very, very common, but they're very often overlooked because they're kind of amorphous. They don't really have any really strong characteristics. And they're very simple creatures. So, for example, they don't have blood vessels. They don't have a nervous system. They don't have a brain. So they're very kind of basic animals um, and they evolved very early. They were the, one of the first complex animals to evolve over four, 580 million years ago and they're around still today. So they're very successful at what they do. They're very simple, but they've survived all the mass extinctions, all the turmoil on Earth to be with us still today. So they're a successful but very simple organization of animals. What exactly did you discover and in what circumstances then? Well, I was out looking for fossils, as I often do. It's part of my part of my job here. And thanks to Clare County Council, the Burning Cliffs Moor, UNESCO Global Geopark and Geological Survey Ireland, who make that a possibility, um, I looked for fossils to try to figure out what was happening in these rocks in, in the Burren area. Uh, and I found this uh, sponge. Now, I knew there was little bits of sponges in the rocks. They weren't very interesting. And then I found this big one, and I knew straight away what it was. Um, so, yeah, finding a fossil in of those sponges of that size in these rocks, and the rocks are 315 million years old, so they're not new. Um, you know, so these are very old, um, but they're very, very well preserved. Uh, and also they're very large for, for the kind of sponge they are. So uh, I immediately contacted Dr. Joe Botting. Uh, he's in the National Museum in Wales. He's a world expert on, on these kind of things. Uh, and he came over straight away. He said, look, I've got to see this. This is unusual and exceptional. So he came over. We did some work here uh, with, with Lucy Muir as well um, and, and wrote up the paper. Yeah, we decided it was definitely new, new species. So we, we gave it a name, new name. So it's, it's, this is the only location where it's known from at present. Hopefully other researchers will come across some other ones familiar, you know, similar to it. And maybe, you know, we, we'll find those others uh, elsewhere. But right now, this is the only location in the world where, where this particular species is known. So it's not called the Clare Shout or anything like that, is it? <laughs> Good idea for the next one. No, we called it um, Cyatophycus, which is the name of the genus Balari. Now, we called it Balor after Balor of the Evil Eye. Um, and that kind of might, might sound a bit strange. But these things, are the, the fossils, they're, when they're alive, they're like a little a bag that kind of stands vertically. So it's kind of, and it's kind of like a network. And then on the top, there's an opening. And around that top, there's this kind of fringe of um, what look like kind of eyelashes, I guess. So we've got this opening with these eyelashes. And to me, it evoked uh, Balor of the Evil Eye, this kind of eye looking up. And with Balor, you know, he had this, this um, force that he could fire out through this eye that would, would vanquish his enemies. Um, but the, the sponges, of course, don't have anything like that. But it was just the, the look of the opening at the top with those little fringe of tentacles around it. Um, it, it looked like an eye in an eyelash, so I, I, we, we called it Balor Eye after. Balor right. of the Evil Eye. Uh, we're chatting to Dr. Eamon Doyle, geologist for the Burren and Cliffs of Moher Global Geo Park. So, this lived, what did you say, 315 million years ago? 
It was alive and well 315 million years ago. Yeah. So um, the rocks where we find it, they're in, you know, this kind of fine grained shaley kind of rocks. Those rocks weren't rocks at the time. They were mud on the bottom of the sea. That sea wasn't where we are now. That sea doesn't really exist anymore. It was down near the equator. Uh, so, no, so, so Clare was near the equator in those days. Well, I, the rocks that make it, Clare didn't exist back then. So 215 million years ago, there was a sea. And on that seafloor, there was sand and mud and stuff, you know, and, and things living on that sand and floor, just like the sea offshore now today. Um, over time, then those sediments, those mud got buried deeper and deeper, and then they turned into rock. And then plate tectonics shifted those rocks from there over 350 million years ago. We've been traveling north to get where we are now. And we're still moving, by the way. So that formed, for example, the Cliffs of Moher, et cetera, et cetera. The rocks that make up the cliffs some more, yeah. And once we got where we are now, there was all sorts of erosion erosion that's ongoing now. There was erosion from the last ice age, the ice, ice age that came, ripped up a lot of the rocks and exposed those rocks in places. And now the waves at the cliffs some more are constantly eroding those. And that's why we see the cliffs some more as they are now. But they started on the bottom of a completely different sea uh, 350 million years ago down near the equator. Now, Eamon, the most famous sea sponge, I suppose, is SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, but what purpose do they serve in the ecosystem? They're incredibly important. First of all, they're very basic, like I said. So they can survive in places where other creatures can't. They don't have many needs. Um, so they basically filter water in through them. They suck it in through their sides, if you like, and then push it out through the top. And they collect, they, they feed on microscopic organisms, stuff as small as bacteria and stuff. So they can survive where other creatures can't. But also they survive in plenty of other places where, you know, there's a lot of other high biodiversity. And what they do is they filter the water. So they're constantly, you know, sucking in water, cleaning it out, taking those little microorganisms and pushing out clear water. Um, but so they, they live in modern environments, in, in shallow water environments, but they also can survive in places where other creatures can't. And that's the interesting thing about these fossils, because that's where we find them. We find them where we don't find other fossils. So they were able to survive in these really difficult conditions. Um, and, and so if a mass extinction comes, they're likely going to be able to survive where other creatures can't. Yes. Yes, that's it. very interesting, Eamon. I mean, not raining on the parade or anything, but they were here long before us and there's every chance they'll be yes. here long after us, right? Exactly. So if something does happen, come, you know, we know there are creatures going extinct. Uh, we are likely to be one of those. Uh, because we are very complex organisms. We need certain things to be a very certain way while we can survive. These more basic creatures that we consider more basic creatures have lasted for 550 million years. They're ideally adjusted. They can survive in difficult circumstances that we would certainly struggle with. Um, so they have they have the advantage on us there for sure. And, and why is it that the sponge didn't evolve considering the length of time that they've been present on the planet. I mean, why are they not having the conversation that you and I are having now about discovering fossils of one of us? Right. Well, one of the reasons is that they they didn't need to. I mean, they are successful doing what they do. They do it very well and they've survived. When you start changing things... Now, they did evolve, by the way, because the the fossils that are much older are different to the ones that we find in in the rocks here. So they do change over time, but they keep the same basic plan. And the ones that are alive today, again, there's a variety of different forms they take. So they have changed, they have evolved, but they've evolved in a way that suits their lifestyle and suits their particular characteristics. Uh, so they're not like us in that respect. Uh, we evolved from a different line. So our line started, you know, the sponges started before our line did. So we're kind of a little offshoot of creatures that were evolving 580 million years ago. 
our group went one direction, sponges went their direction. And right. but again, they don't need to do, evolve like us because they're quite successful doing what they do. Okay, so while artificial intelligence may end up being a threat to humanity, we're not going to have a, a King SpongeBob SquarePants anytime soon. Uh, no, no, I don't think so, unless things get really out of hand. Uh, no, no, that's not going to happen. They're, they're happy doing what they're doing. They do it very well, and they're going to stay doing that. They will change and adjust over time, um, but they're going to keep pretty much the, the, the same form that they have. No, so, it's, yeah, no, we've got other, other things to worry about, not, not SpongeBob. It's not as if the Cliffs of Moher need much help when it comes to tourism, but is there any tourist angle on this discovery for you? Yeah, well, as you say, the Cliffs of Moher are world-renowned. But what we'd like to do is add this extra layer to it uh, and say, look, the Cliffs of Moher, they're not just cliffs sitting there. They have this deep, complex story within them. Uh, and that tells us about the evolution of life on Earth. So that's the, that's the kind of key part to it. So when you're looking at the rocks, there's this extra layer. They don't just consider them as rocks. They, oh, there's a story in there telling us something that happened all this time mm. ago. And that story is actually still related to what's happening on Earth now. And And finally, I mean... Do you still get, you know, excitement in the tummy when you find something like this? Absolutely, I do. It's what keeps me going. It's kind of what gets me up in the morning. I think, well, what will I find today? Now, most of the times when I go looking rock, I find the usual stuff or I find nothing. But every now and then, uh, and I've got a kind of a backlog of stuff. That I write, there'll be new papers coming out uh, later on this year on new stuff also from, from here as well. So there is more new stuff. And that's kind of one of the key things I like to tell children when I go to the school. They look. Geology, paleontology is not just stuffy drawers in a museum. It, there's new stuff to be found. There's new interesting things, and they all add to the story of evolution and life on Earth. So, yeah, it, it, it is exciting, and that's what keeps me going. Well, listen, thank you for your service to humanity, and I hope that you have another great year of discovery ahead. We really appreciate you chatting to us this morning. Yeah, Thank you so much, Joe. All the best. Dr. Raymond Doyle, geologist for the Burren and Cliffs of Moher Global Geopark. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Limerick.